0: Good morning. Happy New Year. Oh, my gosh. It is January 1st, 2024. How about that, everybody? It is a brand new year. I hope that you had an incredible New Year's Eve, that it was safe, that it was fun, joyful, and that you are looking forward to this new year and going for your dreams. This is the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, episode 33? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Oh man, um, I unfortunately had probably the worst New Year's Eve experience of my life, uh, as petty as... It's going to sound when I tell you what happened. So I had a show last night uh, in San Diego, which you know, man, I I hate being this guy. I hate being critical. I hate being negative. But it was the worst, probably the worst stand-up show of my life. No joke. And I've had some shitty stand-up shows. This one was brutally bad. Um. And really shocking. I, I I I went in there very excited for the gig. Um, I got booked on this about a month ago, and I got booked because I did a gig on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and I'm kind of hesitating how much of this I should talk about, which is kind of weird. Um. I don't know why I'm worried about saying who, what the organization is that I did the show for. Well, yeah, it was NA. So Narcotics Anonymous, I guess I was thinking that I should keep the organization itself anonymous, but I, I think it's fine to just say that that's what um, the show was. So I, I did a show, it was like at a halfway house on Thanksgiving and I volunteered to do it. And I had a great time. Um, it was like in the backyard of this sort of halfway house and, um, the audience was very grateful. Uh, they just set up some chairs out back and had a little PA system. There was like 20, 25 people There's a lot of other stuff going on, but there was a group of people who watched the show. I had so much fun with them. They were so supportive and grateful and attentive. And so because that show went so well, the organizer booked me for this New Year's gig for another NA group um, in San Diego. So I went in there assuming that it was going to be a similar experience. And it was the worst experience I've ever had as a stand-up. I'm trying to think if I've yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I I've had some awkward shows before, you know, bar shows, tough shows. This was a whole new level of brutal um it was as a pretty big. It was at a kind of a large church. Um, and you know, quite a few people, I mean, it it was a definitely a bigger audience. It was definitely over a hundred people there. Um, whereas the one I did on Thanksgiving was, you know, smaller, more intimate and, you know, it's their new year's Eve festivities. So the first thing is they had a meeting, they had an NA meeting, you know, hi, my name is such and such and I'm an addict. So they did that for about an hour and a half before and then they cleared the room and then there were a bunch of people who bought tickets for the entertainment that night. Nobody knew that there was a comedy show. So somehow that got missed in the advertisements and stuff. But almost nobody knew that there was going to be a comedian as part of the festivities that night. So already that was problematic is there's a lot of people who have come to have a good time, but they didn't know that having a good time was going to be comedy. Um, you know, there was a DJ. I know there was going to be dancing. They had dinner. So anyway, they people start piling in now for the festivities. So they left after the NA meeting, because I guess the NA meeting and the festivities were separate. You had to buy tickets to be part of the New Year's Eve party that night. So people start filing in and they immediately, there's this big line to get dinner. And, you know, it's, it's a very frenetic, chaotic energy. There's not a lot of organization going on. You know, there was somebody up at the front who would kind of try to give announcements to try to say like, hey, this is what's going on nobody was listening, nobody was paying attention. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the people had gotten their dinner and then they're sitting down and then they bring me up, which anybody who's ever done a corporate show or anything like that, you never, ever want to do a comedy show during dinner while people are eating. It is almost impossible to, uh, for, for that scenario to go well, especially in a private event. Now, if it's, you know, a comedy club, you know, if it's the improv, you know, the improv, you know, the comedy clubs serve food, but they're usually serving more sort of like bar food, you know, snacks and drinks and stuff like that. That's, that's very different. And even that is somewhat distracting, but, you know, it's... But people have come to the comedy show. So there's already this whole group of NA members who I've showed up to this thing and then I come on stage and there is zero focus um, it, I mean it, it it's just chaos there's just non-stop talking and it get, it's a big like church kind of their main kind of worship room and it's echoey and it's loud and it's chaotic and nobody cares that I'm there and I, I'm still thinking like, oh, I'm going to come out and connect and, you know, get these people on my side. You know, I had, I had a, like a handful of jokes about, you know, just things I had observed in the room, which is exactly what I didn't. It's actually what I do at every show. And it always goes well. I'm able to sort of, you know, connect with the room and what's going on. And I come out and the first thing I do is I say a a instead of NA. So I use Alcoholics Anonymous instead of Narcotics Anonymous. And they yell at me. They're like, it's ANA, A-N-A! And they and I'm going like, and I'm just trying to play I'm like, oh oh did oh, did I say the wrong thing? oh, ha, ha, I said the wrong, uh, you know, and, and first of all, I couldn't even actually really hear what they're saying because it's so loud. And now this whole group of people are yelling at me because I have said the wrong thing, which, you know, fair enough. You know, I yeah, that was something, you know, I didn't really think to pay that close attention to, you know, the difference between the AA and the NA, but, but evidently that that's me like, yeah, you know, I don't know, doing a gig for Coca-Cola and me coming out and saying, Hey, how's everybody at Pepsi tonight? You know, that's kind of the visceral reaction that I had referred to the fact that I had just witnessed the AA meeting, but it was the NA meeting and so already it's already a bad situation they're already not focused they already don't want comedy i could tell that nobody wanted me there almost nobody and then right off the bat i say the wrong effing anonymous group and they and they and they yell at me in like a way that i'm kind of like Back, whoa, back off. I mean, it, it was it was pretty visceral, like, wow. And so I tried to like smooth it over and then I started kind of going into sort of my like riffing about what I had witnessed and, you know, I had a couple of jokes and and those went okay, but not, but it's so loud. I can't hear anybody laughing, first of all so I'm trying to look at the faces and be like, is anybody even paying attention? First of all, is anybody even laughing? Does, I mean, it was the closest I've ever come to in my entire comedy career of pulling the plug immediately and just being like, Hey, you guys you want to know what I'm just really not feeling like, uh, you know, this, this is a gonna uh, be a good experience for, uh, Either of us. And uh, you know, but there there were, I saw smiles and I saw people laughing. And, you know, there was a couple times when I said some jokes where I actually heard. It's like I got enough people to actually pay attention to laugh that I could hear laughter. I'm like, okay, they're they're kinda here. But, you know, I definitely did not feel safe to I didn't feel like I could be vulnerable. Um, I didn't feel safe expressing myself um yeah so uh, you know it's like I, I i instantly I'm not having fun instantly i i'm I'm in survival mode I'm like i I am not in a safe environment here of audience members who are going to um make this an enjoyable experience for me or for them so I Start going into my material, material that has been crushing everywhere, and and I can't hear anything. I can't hear any laughs except, you know, barely. I could barely hear some laughs sometimes, and again, I'm trying to look, and it would be like I could— I could hear like there was one person over here who was like really laughing a lot, like really enjoyed my show and like nothing else. And so of course I kind of did those jokes It's like, all right, I'm uh, entertaining the room uh, one person at a time and brutal, brutal, you know, and I'm looking out of the audience. People are just texting, toxing, getting up, walking, getting food. They're delivering cake. They're, you know, on their phones You know, not paying attention, arms folded, scowls, like look of anger. Like people were literally look just angry that I was even there. So I'm just soldiering forward as best as I can. Um, I tried to do some crowd work. You know, if I was going to try to get him on my side, talking to him was a bad idea. Um, so I tried to talk to this woman in the front row who was actually texting. So I'd called her out for texting and she kind of laughed at that. And then I tried to just kind of crowd work her up a little bit and it just went, it just was not good. She wasn't giving me anything. She didn't want to play ball. She insulted me. She's like, well, you're a little funny and you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I tried to interact with her. I got, I got some laughs out of that. She had like kind of a interesting name. And then was like, oh, yeah, I was like, well, is that your real name or your nickname? She's like, oh, well, that was the name that they called my son before he died. Hilarious. Hilarious. So, I mean, I I am, I am just. uh, It is just brutal, guys. It was brutal. Um, those of you watching my comedy, know that what I like to do is interview somebody in the audience and then improvise a song about them. So I did, I tried to improvise a song about her and that, I mean, it went okay. Like it actually went okay. I got, I got some laughs and then I tried to go back into my material and had this woman come in sort of in the middle and sit in the front row and heckled me, just said something really mean, just like, uh, uh, that's you're okay or something like just out of the blue. It was like, I wasn't even talking to her and just yells out you're okay or, or something like that. And I just went, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of funny or something like that. I was like, well, that's really rude. She's like, well, I'm a rude person. Yeah. And it, I mean, he got to the point to where I was starting to want to like lose it and actually be combat combative. Um, kind of reminded me of that, uh, Bill Burr, the famous Bill Burr rant in Philadelphia. If any of you have not heard that, it is incredible. Where there was this audience who was just really rude, I guess, and so to uh, other comedians on the show. So when he got on the show, he just went on stage and just, just attacked the audience verbally. And I don't have that in, in me, but, you know, and I'm getting paid. And the woman who sort of booked me and, you know, talked to me before the show, who was really great. She was really friendly, really high energy. She was really excited to have me. And then I'm starting to feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm failing here. I am failing this, this gig, which hasn't happened to me in in a really, really long time. Um, as a performer, it's like, kind of a professional. It's kind of what to do, you know, and I'm failing and, you know, I've everything that I've usually do to get an audience to be on my side isn't working and anything is making it worse. And I, and, and now I'm kind of being mistreated. Like people are being rude to me and disrespectful and and it's already chaotic people already aren't paying attention but now people are like yelling at me and saying mean-spirited things and i'm i'm like yeah i don't really think i need to be here anymore you know and so i was pretty i mean i felt that immediately but you know about 20 25 minutes in they wanted me to do 45 minutes to an hour and before she's like well how long can you do i'm like i can do as long as you need <laughs> yeah yeah well so anyway i i was just looking for the ripcord you know i'm burning through material because i'm i don't you know i i i can't get any sort of energy or any flow or any connection and so you know i'm just throwing jokes into this cacophony of chaos and hatred and disdain and There was just a few saving graces. There were just like a few people who were watching and who were laughing at everything that I was saying. And I could see that they were laughing and I could see that they were appreciating me. Um, You know, so I kind of was like, well, I'm doing this for them. And I felt bad because I'm going like, I don't know how anybody could, you know, it's, it's like if you're trying to watch your TV show and somebody is, playing guitar in the same room you know it's it's just absolutely annoying and i kind of felt that for the audience members who were trying to enjoy and appreciate the show and you know it's just getting worse and more chaotic and more loud and then i i asked the audience i'm like you know do you guys even really want me here like i, I can just end it and people are like no keep going i was like all right And I felt an obligation to because I was getting paid. So I'm sort of stuck in this space between obligation and reality. It's like, yeah, you, you guys are paying me to be here, but nobody would care if I just left. But I also am getting paid, so I don't want to not do the job I was paid to do, although I was paid to funny. And (laughs) I mean, I was being funny. It's not my fault. So anyway, I finally am like, all right. All right, guys, you know, I think I'm kind of wrapping up here, you know, maybe. And I looked at, again, the woman who kind of booked me and I was just like, you know, is that enough? You know, you guys want to get in your evening? And she kind of gave me the like, whatever. So I was like, cool. I'll just, you know, kind of wrap up. So then in my brilliant mind, I was like, well, I'll wrap up with one of my big closing bits, which if any of you have seen my stuff, I do this montage of songs that have Nana in it. So I start my Nana bit and it's going well initially. And then when I really start going into all of these songs that have Nana in it and I'm in the middle of the it, there's this table that literally starts yelling at me, shut Shut up. And I'm going. Like I'm in the middle of this. Bit. I'm going. going. What, what the heck. And. It was. Like. They were yelling at me to stop. And. That was it for me. I, I. I just went. All right. That's all for me. And like. I had no grace at that moment. I had no chill. I had no. I'm gonna try to salvage this and try to leave on a positive note. I, I once they were literally yelling at me because they were so annoyed at this non-nom bit, which usually when I do it gets standing ovations and I get the whole audience singing along with me to "Hey Jude" and it's my big closer. And this and this this crowd was yelling at me to shut up in the most visceral, like mean. We don't like you. We don't like. It was so bad, guys. It was so bad. So I get off the stage and I just want to effing run away. I'm like, I do not want to be here ever again. I do not want to talk to these people. And, um, but you know, I've got a bunch of stuff I need to pack up. I had my keyboard, you know, and so I start packing up my stuff. And then I had probably nine, 10 people come up to me while I'm in the back of the room, like packing up and stuff. Who were so gracious and were like, "Oh my gosh, we're so sorry, so sorry that you know the crowd was so rude." And you know, you are really great. You're really funny. We love what you're doing. We're so sorry, you know. And had several conversations like that. People coming and like giving me hugs and giving me love and like, you know, we're we're so glad you're here. We're so sorry that was so bad. And the and the woman who hired me was very gracious. And we're like, yeah, she's like really sorry that that didn't go better. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I I did my best. Like I did everything I could to try to entertain this crowd in this circumstance. And it just was not in the cards for this to be a successful show for me or for this, for this audience. And man, I'll tell you, it definitely made me feel a certain way. You know, it, um, you know, definitely had a very high, like fight or flight, response high cortisol levels you know i just felt this like you know energy just this like nasty sort of like pit in my heart you know f- for this show and that i was there you know i drove out on my new year's eve as like my new year's eve too to entertain and and to just be in a situation to where it it just was not the right fit I don't know if any comedian could have been successful in there. I would assume that there probably is a comedian who is maybe better suited um you know has the right energy or has the right whatever to um to be successful in that environment, but I would assume that's a very unique and far few, far and few between uh comedians who could have or maybe I'm I'm just being totally delusional and and any comedian Not any, but, you know, maybe there's a lot of comedians. Anyway, eh, whatever. Just kind of rambling now. But, yeah, I left there. I packed my car, and I just drove the F away and got halfway home. I'm now back in Yuma. (laughs) And I'm like, I just want to get as far away from this gig as possible. And, uh, you know, so I didn't really have any sort of New Year celebration. I was uh, driving when it hit uh, midnight oh man I'll tell you it it's really um really you know I'm really disappointed really disappointed because I again I really did have high hopes that this gig would go really well I was really looking forward to this gig and this opportunity and that and that community because I had such a great experience with that community I mean the, it really is a positive community and and they are, you know, and they've had s- such tragedy in their lives and, you know, and they're turning their lives around. And, you know, I I watched their meeting. I watched their NA meeting before I went up and, and was so touched by it, like emotionally moved by it and by the individuals who are in this situation. And, you know, I really did feel a kinship with them. And I was just so shocked that I had the experience i had really shocked and i don't know how much of that was me just saying the wrong thing right up front actually you know was that actually a kill switch like if i had just come out and said an a meeting instead of a meeting no 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 that 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 wasn't it that's just me trying to I always have a tendency to do that. I'm, I'm so hesitant to ever place the blame anywhere else other than on myself. Probably my religious upbringing. It's like, if something isn't going right, it's my fault. And there's a lot of truth to that. There is a lot of truth to, um, you know, me taking uh, responsibility for everything that I can. And I, I'm taking responsibility for everything I possibly can. I came out. I said the wrong thing. You know, I listened to them and corrected it and, you know, kind of made fun of myself for it right up front. And then I gave everything I had. I gave everything I had that I knew how to do to try to entertain that crowd and to have it be a good experience for them and a good experience for me. And it just was not going to happen. And man... I think it's just part of it. Just part of being a dreamer, part of going for big things. You know, it's having an opportunity to even be in a situation to where something could go this bad. You know, there there's no playing it safe in if you got a dream. You know, we want to be safe. We want to play it safe as much as possible. But eventually, got you're going to be putting yourself in vulnerable situations that do make you vulnerable. And sometimes you are going to get attacked. And sometimes it's not going to go well. And sometimes it may even be your fault. You know, tonight might have been my fault. You know, I should have, paid. you know, it's funny. I looked at the flyer and the flyer said Narcotics Anonymous on it. But I just was thinking NA and AA and NA are the same thing. And who knows if that's even it, you know what I mean? It, it it was just something that happened right, right up front that I said that wrong thing. And they, they kind of let me know that I said the wrong thing, but I don't know, man. I mean, what would you rather? It's like, what else could I have done? Could have just stayed home tonight. I could not be pursuing my dreams. I could have not have taken this gig. I could have just said, well, you know, it's New Year's Eve. I don't want to do a gig. I don't want to perform. But you want to know what? Somebody give me a chance to perform and to travel out of state and to do a show. And I was thrilled to take the show and to have an opportunity to do a show for a community that I had connected with previously and that I thought I would be able to connect with again. And that's not how it went. So what I'm going to do, going to go do the next show, have it be better. I'm going to be in a casino in uh, New Mexico on Thursday and a casino in Colorado on Saturday. And I've done a bunch of casino gigs this year and they've all gone phenomenal. They've gone very well. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to just kind of letting this one, just let it be a bad experience. So dreamers, I'll tell you, you know, my whole point in doing this is just bringing you along on my journey and letting you all know what's happening and the experiences that I'm having. And hopefully that that will be relatable in a way that you go, oh, okay, well, I had a really bad experience too. What does that mean? It means means one night didn't go well and learn from it as best as you can and move forward and on to the next show. And I'm not going to quit, you know like it's a bad show I've also had some of the best shows I've ever had this month too you know I did those shows a couple weeks ago in Oregon best shows incredible shows and this happened to be the worst you know I guess it's that whole you got to take both sides of it you got to take the yin the yin and the yang not the yin and the yang I think it's the yin and yang probably gonna get fact checked on that one no it's not. <laughs> It's not yin, it's yin. Okay. Still a little bitter, still a little bitter. I'm going to work that out. I'm going to get my meditation on. I'm going to disconnect, but I am thrilled for 2024, thrilled to be connecting with you. So grateful to everybody who has started following me on this journey, watching these podcasts and listening and commenting. I would love to know what you're up to. Let me know what your dreams are, what your goals are for 2024. And let's go get them no matter how many bad experiences or disappointing uh, uh, gigs or uh, experiences you have on your journey. It's all part of it. You know, laugh it off and make a podcast about it and then uh, move on and on to the next thing. So I love you all so much. I hope you had an incredible New Year's Eve and that you have a remarkable 2024. I am so excited for all the dreams. And goals and experiences we're going to have together and uh, happy to uh, happy and excited to uh, be sharing my journey with you as a comedian out there and an actor trying to uh, make his way in this highly saturated industry and look forward to continuing to do so happy new year you happy new year everybody happy 2024 and i will talk to you all tomorrow What? Oh.